Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here, the Eric Erickson Show. The phone number, if you want to be a part of the program, 877-97-ERIC, 877-973-7425. I hope the weather where you are is better than the weather where I am. My goodness gracious, it's a wreck here in the southeast. Uh, and uh, may I, I, I suspect it, it is the accumulated tears of the Braves fans after last night's game. What a wreck. What a disaster. We we, we, we won't dwell on that. Uh, I, I want to talk about undertoes. I haven't been to the beach in a while. I, I love to go to Hilton Head. When I was in law school, I had a buddy of mine. He had been in a plane crash, uh, had had a large settlement, had been able to buy property in Hilton Head. Not on the beach, mind you, but he had a nice little house in Hilton Head and, and gave me a key to the place. And I could go down there whenever I wanted. And Hilton Head kind of became my place to go unplug. And when I crossed the bridge, I immediately relax. Now I am not a I'm not really a beach person. Y'all have y'all seen me? I'm so white. When I put on white socks, they disappear. I gotta wear I gotta wear colored socks because I can't find them to take them off when I put them on. I'm Swedish. My God, I have two colors, white and red. There is no brown at all except the freckles. I, I don't like the beach, but I love to go to Hilton Head. I love to I love to go on the beach at night. I take astrophotography. I love astrophotography. So I have a fancy camera and a giant telescope, and I take amazing pictures of the stars at night on the beach in Hilton. I'll get up at 2 o'clock in the morning in March when we go on spring break. Now, I, I can't afford to go right now. It's, it's kind of expensive to rent a house on the beach. One day I want to buy one. But I'll, we'll go in March, and the Milky Way is coming up around 2 o'clock in the morning. And I can take these fancy pictures of the center of the galaxy. It's it's fantastic. But there can be undertows at the beach. And that is, if y'all don't know what an undertow really is, it's when, you know, when the water comes in on the waves, it's got to go somewhere. And what it does is it slips back beneath the surface and goes out. And when there are storms and stuff, the undertow can be very strong. But here's the thing you learn sometimes, even when it appears to be peaceful, there can be an undertow. I was commenting on this with Joe Biden's polling a while back that there are no big events right now. I mean, there there really isn't anything. We had Afghanistan, but there haven't been just boom, 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 big waves of headlines crashing on the shore. And yet his polling continues to get dragged down. And it really started with Afghanistan and in the state. Uh, listener Landon emailed me. And I want to give Lister credit. And he pointed out, you know, you're right. There aren't big headlines crashing and everything is still, there's an undertow there. And the undertow is the stuff that gets talked about in passing. It, it's the it's the short segment topics. You know, you know the, I throw in, I've got two long segments and two short segments. And we talk about stuff that we talk about all the time, but it just kind of, it can get kind of boring to talk about that stuff all the time. But those are the undertows. Inflation, people are going to the grocery store and stuff is expensive. People have been sending me screenshots of, you know, during the pandemic, people went and they bought all their hamburger meat and stuff and they stuck it in the freezer and they're pulling out and taking a picture of it. How much more expensive the current purchases are from the old stuff. By the way, if you've kept beef this long, you need to throw it away after a year. Nope, don't, don't. Freezer burn, it dries out. Oh, I'm going to gag. Don't, don't, don't keep it that long. Keep it six months or so and then cook it. If, it's, if you've got steak in your freezer that's been there for a year, trust me on this. It's time to let go. 
But the undertow of the polling, people are going to the grocery store and things have gotten pricey. Inflation is happening. People are going to their gas pump. I, I know someone now. I know someone. I will not. And it's a her. It's a she. It's not a him. It's, it's, it's a woman. Like a woman who really thinks she's a woman, a real woman, who is the culprit in my community putting the thanks Joe Biden and Joe Biden did that uh, stickers at gas pump. She's carried some. She showed me some. She she got them from a website where people were doing this. And it's a picture of a smiling Joe Biden pointing. And underneath it says, Joe did that. Or actually, I think it says, I did that. And it's Joe Biden. And it's it's he's pointing and you can put him to the right of the gas pump. But he's pointing, pointing towards the left. And so you see the sticker shock. It's, I did that. She's putting them on gas pumps. I find it hilarious. A little guerrilla activism out there. Oh, come on. You people that I can't believe you would condone that. You people are going around putting, the, putting those those raised fists up on streetlights and stuff and the Antifa logos and stuff. Payback. It, uh, it's harmless. It's funny. Like the, the some some DOT worker in Virginia this morning is in trouble because all of the big signs that say you know the big digital signs that say merge to the right or whatever someone in the DOT in Virginia reprogrammed them and in Northern Virginia they're all let's go Brandon this morning it's a it's a big news story up in Northern Virginia I find that funny but it's it's the undertow and then you have the vaccines. And people are starting to lose their jobs because they don't want to comply with corporations and the vaccines. And the corporations aren't being very accommodating. I, I, I still think it's a bad idea to force your employees to get this vaccine when there is so much skepticism. I mean, you can say the skepticism is wrong, and I am very pro-vaccine. I've not only gotten the va- two-vaccine round, I got the booster. You know, I, and I do have to tell you all, the booster is what did me in. I didn't feel great after the second I didn't feel great after the second, but it wasn't like I actually took off the next day from work because I assumed I would feel bad, and I didn't really feel – I could have gone to work basically. But I took the booster. Now, I I took the booster experimentally uh, as as they're doing the research. Uh, The FDA is just now releasing the Moderna one. That's the one I took. Uh, This has been a couple of weeks ago, and it really made me – it was really weird, and it was like clockwork. I took the vaccine at 9 a.m., I guess two Fridays ago, and um, by 9 p.m., I was starting to not feel good. By midnight, I woke up the next morning. It, it was it was dreadful. It was absolutely awful, uh, and my wife said, well, now you know what it's like to go through menopause. Uh, I was having hot flashes and chills all night long. These amazing hot flashes. Now, I, I've heard women— Going through a minute, this is really too much information for y'all, isn't it? I, I've heard women talk about the hot flashes when you're when, when you're getting into menopause. The hot, y'all, I mean, I literally had to put towels in the bed and change my clothes because I was sweating through. I was so hot. That, and then I would get up and go to the bathroom because that was the other thing. I had to go to the bathroom constantly. And then the chills would hit, and I could barely make it back to bed. I was shaking so bad, so frigid on the way back to bed. I'd get back under the covers, and the towels would be wet, so I'd have to get up and I'd have to change the towels. And then about 30, 40 minutes later, the, the heat wave would start again. It's like, dear God, what is going on here? My wife was like, well, that's going to be me in a few years. Now, now you know what it's going to be like. It's like, ah, it was horror. It was really, and you know what? It started around 9 p.m. 
By midnight, it was in full force. And by 9 a.m., I was perfectly fine as if nothing had ever happened. In fact, I went up. It was the the NCLS game that night. It was the first game. I thought I was going to have to bail on my buddy Braden who was taking me. And I, I plowed through the day. And the further the day went, the better I felt. And by that night, it was great. And then the Braves won that game. So that made it all good. But it was miserable. But I, I, I'm pro-vax. I say that, say I'm pro-vaccine. And I took the booster and I suffered through it. My kids have been vaccinated. We are pro-vaccine. We think it's good. Now, I don't know about this, this five-year-old thing. This five-year-old thing, I'm, if my kid was five, I wouldn't be giving my kid this vaccine. Because the, the vaccine, if he gets COVID, he's going to be fine. He's, he'd be totally fine. The data says he'd be totally fine. So why give him the vaccine? We'll, we'll, we'll get into that. But anyway, back to the undertow. All of this stuff is pulling Biden's poll numbers down. People are resentful. He said it would go away. It's not really going away. He, he, people are resentful. He's forcing vaccine mandates on the companies, and, and the employees are losing their jobs because of it. The, the nurses and doctors who don't want it, they were the heroes last year. They were doing ticker tape parades in New York City, and now progressives are like, screw you, people. Lose your job. You should die because you're going to make me die. I, I saw some guy yesterday on, on social media, a doctor, said he went to a restaurant to go eat. And they did not ask for his vaccine card, so he left. And it's not just that that they want to impose it on other people. And then there's the world world affair issues. Afghanistan is still in chaos. People are still having issues with Afghanistan. And now there's the bipartisan infrastructure plan and and the, the Democrats' reconciliation plan and the taxes. It's all being blown up today. Joe Biden went to Capitol Hill to try to encourage people on the Hill, the Democrats, to stand with him and pass the plan. And the progressives are saying, no, it's not enough. We, we need actual legislative language. We need to actually see the plan. Biden can't corral the Democrats. And then there's something else going on as well. I want to play you some sound. This is Terry McAuliffe running for governor in Virginia. Listen to this. I am sick of them talking about these issues of critical race theory. We do not teach critical race theory here in Virginia. It has never been taught. It is a racist dog whistle. It is pitting parents against parents, parents against teachers, and they're using our children as political pawns, and it has got to stop. And that's not the only thing Terry McAuliffe said. Terry McAuliffe also was on an interview on television, and the reporter asked him if he will be willing to work with parents who are concerned about the situation in Virginia. Will he be willing to work with those people? those parents. And McAuliffe actually went after the parents again. He attacked the parents. He said that the the critical race theory is a dog whistle. It's a racist dog whistle. And these things that are happening, they're not really happening. That this is like uh, attacking Ralph Northam for the the Mexican gang. What is it? MS-13 or whatever. So the, these things aren't real. These things aren't really a problem. These things aren't really an issue. It's all racist who believe this. Let's see here. If you win, how are you going to work with those parents who have concerns 
about how things are being taught in schools yeah. across well, the let, Commonwealth. Let's be very clear here. This is all generated by Glenn Youngkin. This is what MS-13, the Republicans used on Governor Northam four years ago when he was running. They try to find a divisive tactic. If you they try win. to find a divisive tactic. See, parents are realizing progressives really hate them. That's another issue in the undertone. You don't have this wave crashing over right now. You don't have these massive, major bad headlines crashing on the shore. But you've got the undertow to Biden's poll numbers because you've got inflation. You've got the high gas prices. You've got the high grocery prices. You've got the empty shelves. You've got the supply chain problem. And they're attacking you for buying stuff. It's your problem. They're attacking you for showing up at your school boards. They're attacking you saying you're a racist if you are concerned about critical theory. They're going after your 401k. They're going after your investments. They want to tax your gains even though you haven't cashed out your, cashed out your stock. They want to drive up income taxes on the, the working rich, the people who make uh, $200,000, $300,000 dollars a year and and they're paying bills and they're sending their kids to private school to get them out of the failing public school and they're now the bad guy all of the uh, Americans are the bad guys here for the Democrats and that's why Biden's numbers are low and by the way I, I can tell you something a friend of mine who is in Virginia working with Republicans say some of their polling they're starting to see Yunkin has pulled ahead in the private polling it's not for public consumption but he's starting to pull ahead and it's because of this stuff. Republicans are starting to, to push in, which is why you're seeing the Democrats amplify their concerns about January 6th. Legit concerns there some of them have. But really, a lot of it is about stirring the pot to try to divide. But that's not going to overcome the contempt they have for you if you don't get the vaccine, the contempt they have for you if you express concerns about your kids' education, the contempt they have for you if you complain about empty store shelves because you you buy too much anyway. The Democrats love people collectively, but they hate them individually. And it's the individuals who vote, not the collective. And that's why Joe Biden is having problems. Y'all, you can call in 877-973-7425. I saw a Reuters story. You know, the 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 Pope. Now, I you, you should know I grew up Southern Baptist. I would still be Southern Baptist. My wife is ready for us to move back to a Southern Baptist church because that's what she grew up with too. We're in a PCA church. PCA, we put the fun in fundamentalism. We can actually not be ashamed of our glass of bourbon. And a lot of the hymns are the same except they change them for theological accuracy. <laughs> drives my wife nuts. She's like, where's the old ragged cross? But nonetheless, I digress. I, I am not a Catholic. I have many friends who are Catholic. You know, I grew up not knowing a lot of Catholics, even in South Louisiana, and then got involved in the conservative movement. It's like everybody's a Catholic. I have friends who converted to Catholicism, and I actually suspect they did it to help them go further in their careers within the conservative movement. But uh, they say they're devout. I'll take them at their word, but I'm like, yeah, not so sure in any event. Reuters says Joe is a devout Catholic. They want you to know he's a devout Catholic, and they say so in context of Joe Biden disagreeing with the Pope. Now, last I checked, and again, I'm not Catholic, but last I checked, if you're a devout Catholic, you're not really disagreeing with the Pope on matters of faith. You can disagree with him on stuff, but not on matters of faith. And the Pope says, abortion is murder. 
And he's not wrong. It is the taking of a human life. You may think that it's it's not the, the baby's not five balls, but it, it's human being. And you are taking the life of a human being. That human being has a soul. You're stamping it out. Now, you can disagree with whether or not you should be able to do that since the baby in the early stages is not viable outside the womb, but the Pope says it's murder. And, and Reuters wants you to know Joe Biden is very devout. He's very devout in his faith, even though he disagrees with the Pope. What's remarkable to me is the game the media plays on this. I, I, I got an interview request from some reporters who want to talk to me about evangelicals believing that 2020 was stolen. And my reply to them is that you're using evangelical as a demographic identifier. Like when you think of Jews, you think of an ethnicity. And generally now, when you think of Catholics, you're thinking more of an ethnicity than a religious group. And nowadays, it's becoming increasingly clear that the media thinks of evangelicals as a demographic group. I know a lot of evangelicals, people who would call themselves evangelicals, who don't set foot in the, don't darken the door of a church. They go bass fishing on Sunday instead of to church, but they call themselves evangelical because they're white, they're Southern, and they say they love Jesus, even though they don't want to go worshiping. And the media tries to conflate it all together, which is what they're doing here with Joe Biden, that he's a devout Catholic. And you're not allowed to question his faith, you know. Thou shalt the most misunderstood. One day I'm going to do a radio monologue. I'm going to do this one day. Thou shalt not judge is the most misquoted line in the entirety of Scripture. I'm going to do that one day. Mark my words, I will do an entire monologue on why you're, you know, Jesus tells people in the Bible to judge. He does. Did you know that? One day I'm going to do that. All right. We have to move on because there's news out of Georgia. David Perdue, the former senator, may challenge Governor Brian Kemp at the behest of Donald Trump. And Herschel Walker is seeing the Republicans rally. Mitch McConnell is endorsing Herschel Walker. Relevant national news coming out of Georgia, now a swing state. Will the Republicans screw it all up? The Democrats hope so. We'll talk about it when we come back. Howdy. It's Eric Erickson. The phone number, 877-97-ERIC, 877-973-7425, should you be interested in calling this here program. There is a rumor afoot in Georgia, David Perdue will run against Brian Kemp in the Republican primary for governor. Now, Purdue and his cousin Sonny Purdue, the former agriculture secretary, have been trying to push Trump away from challenging Brian Kemp. Uh, there are multiple conflating rumors. Sonny Purdue, of course, wants to be the uh, head of the Board of Regents for the state of Georgia. He should be, by the way. He would be fantastic. And some people suggest this is a way of putting pressure on Kemp to get uh, aggressively behind the Purdue effort, which I think Governor uh, Kemp should do anyway. I think Sonny Purdue would be an excellent uh, head of the Board of Regents in the state of Georgia, and uh, we should make that happen uh, despite the outrage some from an organized group of progressives. Notwithstanding all of that, David Perdue, uh, the rumor that I have heard last, last very late last night, about 11 o'clock last night, I got a text message from someone who said there is a strong chance Perdue could announce as soon as today 
and do an event with Donald Trump on Saturday in Atlanta before the World Series. Donald Trump will be coming to Atlanta for the World Series, and that that might actually that might be cover uh, to allow Purdue to get out, say he's doing it, and then organize very quickly a, an introductory event. I very much like David Perdue. Now, I did. You should know, I did not support David Perdue when he first ran for the Senate. I was wrong. He was actually uh, a good guy and way more conservative. I just these CEO types they go to Washington, and the CEO types they they tend to do whatever leadership tells them to do. David Perdue turned out to be a pretty independent thinker and a good conservative, and I like him. Uh, and I regret I didn't support him and was very supportive of him in 2020. But he did not win. In 2020, he he lost to uh, John Ossoff, which is terrible because Ossoff is Ossoff and Purdue should have won. And if he can't win against Ossoff, can he win against Stacey Abrams? But more so, I this is such a bad idea. And I love Purdue, and I, I don't I don't want to speak ill of David Purdue. It's just the state Republicans they've got to be united. And Kemp has done almost everything right. He opened the state sooner than everyone else. Purdue defended him while Trump attacked him for opening the state sooner. He has not imposed mask mandates. He has fought mask mandates as best he could, but Georgia law just didn't work with him on that purpose. He doesn't – Purdue doesn't need to run. Now, there are those who are backing for – and this, this would at least get rid of Vernon Jones, thankfully. But I, I wish Purdue would not do this, and I hope he doesn't do this. It would be deeply divisive within the Republican Party and risk Stacey Abrams. And see, now, there had been a rumor that Abrams is not going to run for governor in Georgia. And let, let me just explain the thinking on this to you. Abrams in Georgia has been picking the people to run. So for those of you outside of Georgia, Stacey Abrams, you hear her nationally, but she has a lot of clout within Georgia behind the scenes, and she's been lining up candidates to run for each of the offices. She picked the person to run for lieutenant governor. She picked the person to run for attorney general. She's picked the person to run for secretary of state. And in large part, one of the things she's doing is trying to build a mostly all-black slate of candidates because the Democrats are worried about black enthusiasm next year. So here in Georgia, as a way to help, it's to give a pretty much all-black slate of candidates other than their attorney general. But lately, the rumor has been Given the political headwinds against the Democrats, if Abrams runs in 2022 and loses, it then hurts her trying to run for president in 2024. Uh Uh-huh. So there's a woman named Jen Jordan. Uh, She's Georgia's version of abortion Barbie. She is a state senator, and she's running for attorney general and making it all about the abortion law, the fetal heartbeat ban. And the rumor is that Abrams is going to try to push her to run for governor so Abrams doesn't have to fall on that sword. And Jordan's actually a pretty sharp candidate. She would still give the Republicans a run for their money, even in 2022. And that would then free up Abrams to run in 2024 for president. And if Abrams doesn't run, if assuming Brian Kemp wins re-election in 2026 – she could run for president or for governor. Now, curiously, Abrams has said in the past she didn't think Georgia would actually flip until 2024. So her belief going into this has always been it would be 2024, but it would take some pushing an organization to do what she's done. But 
if you do a bloody primary fight between Kemp and Purdue, that makes it more likely that not only does Abrams get in, but that Abrams can win. Because Abrams has piles of money, and Kemp will have to use all of his money to defeat Purdue. And by the way, the, the odds would favor, I think, uh, Kemp in that primary just because he is the incumbent governor and he's solidified himself as his own man and Purdue would be seen as kind of the the, the Trump puppet. And, and Purdue's not, by the way, but Trump has pushed so many people to get in. He, he would be – I just – it. I, I wish he wouldn't do it. I hope he doesn't. I hope somebody dissuades him from doing it. I really do because I like the guy and I, I, would, I would back him. I would absolutely back him. I think he's done nothing wrong. He's been a great governor. And I like David Perdue, and, and oh man! But also, the Republicans in Washington have now rallied behind Herschel Walker. Herschel Walker is the former University of Georgia football star, went on to the NFL, and Mitch McConnell and, and um, oh, what's his name, uh, John Thune have come out and endorsed him. So that's going to make it more difficult. Now, th- this all gets rough. There are a number of good candidates running. I, I very much like Gary Black. He's the ag- Ag Commissioner in Georgia, and I like Latham Sadler. He's he's been on the program before talking about Afghanistan. He was a Navy SEAL and and basically backpacked through Afghanistan. Speaks the language, gathered intelligence. Fascinating guy. He may now run for a congressional seat. It's an interesting dynamic out there. But all of these dynamics come here, and this is where I pivot. For those who say I ain't talking about Georgia, the polling is shifting rapidly towards Republicans. The Keystone Poll has come out. The Keystone Poll is an influential poll in Pennsylvania. Joe Biden is down 35 points. He's There's a 35-point deficit in Joe Biden's popularity in Pennsylvania. That's setting off alarm bells for Democrats because Pat Toomey, the Republican senator there, is retiring – and in so retiring, you got a, a competitive race where Democrats thought they could pick that one up. That hurts Joe Biden in New Hampshire as well. Uh, in New Hampshire, Maggie Hassan, the incumbent Democrat, is polling behind Chris Sununu, the governor of New Hampshire, and he's not even a declared candidate. In Arizona, Mark Kelly is now beginning to lose to generic Republican. Generic Republican is not a candidate. Generic Republican is, would Mark Kelly beat a Republican, any Republican? And the answer is no, apparently, no. Notice we haven't seen a lot of polling out of Georgia on Raphael Warnock, who's keeping his head down. Y'all, I'm in Georgia, and Warnock is barely heard from. Outside of the, and you know, my Democrat friends, oh, I hear from him all the time, but that's the problem. He's focusing on Democrats. He's not focusing on everyone else. And you haven't seen any polling out of Georgia. My suspicion is that he's not doing as well as he could. The polling shifts have tended to benefit the Republicans. And therein lies the Democrats' strategy. And this is why I think David Perdue should not run for the Republicans. The the Democrats are trying to help Republicans self-destruct. And Republicans have a very good habit of self-destructing. Yesterday, Donald Trump released a statement that he would be headed to Arlington, Virginia. Republicans in Virginia lost their poop. They are so close to winning that race. And Joe Biden won Virginia by 10 points. You may like Donald Trump. You may love Donald Trump. 
But Donald Trump going to Virginia does nothing but incite Democrats who are willing to give Glenn Youngkin the benefit of the doubt, and they will change their mind because the Democrats have been trying to paint Glenn Youngkin as an acolyte. In fact, Joe Biden said that. Joe Biden called Glenn Youngkin an acolyte of Donald Trump and and said that uh, they're tied together. How well do you know Terry's opponent? Well, just remember this. I ran against Donald Trump. And Terry is running against an acolyte of Donald Trump. That, that's Joe Biden. They're trying this. And, and people are like, oh, Trump took the bait. Trump took the bait. He's going. He's going to ruin. I mean, the, you should have seen. I'm, I'm on an uh, email list with a group of politicos from Virginia, the Republican side, and they are just beside themselves. Now, Trump has clarified that he's not going before the election, and they're breathing a sigh of relief. Republicans, though, have a tendency to self-sabotage. In situations like in Georgia, you've got a, a setup for the governor of Georgia, incumbent Republican, who is popular among Republicans of the state to win re-election, and along comes a Republican challenger to make him spend all of his money in the primary so he can't win the general. This is not good. Republicans have to resist the urge, the, the, the purity urge. Listen, you're getting a guy, he, he doesn't hump Donald Trump's leg, and that's why you want to you want to oppose him? I mean, and that's what it is. Let's be honest here. Uh, at some point, the Republicans who support Donald Trump are going to have to realize not everyone can ride Donald Trump's leg. One, there's not enough room, and two, it's kind of icky. It's what chihuahuas do. And you don't want a chihuahua. They're the most annoying pet. Whoever invented the chihuahua, I hope was eaten by a group of chihuahuas. I'm sorry. I know people who have chihuahuas. They're the worst dog ever. I mean, dogs look at chihuahuas and they're like, what have you done to our species? They hold their head in shame. Nonetheless, I digress. The Democrats are banking on Republican self-sabotage, and the Republicans better not play into their hands. They're trying. This is one reason, by the way, this is why the Democrats keep bringing up January 6th. They're hoping Republicans overplay their hand on it. They're hoping Republicans do something stupid to overplay their hand on the issue of, of January 6th. Please don't. Please don't do it. Here's what's good. If Republicans play their cards right, they're going to take back the House and the Senate. They're probably going to pick up some governor's races as well. Don't don't pay attention. This is like Schrodinger's cat. You know, the, the, if you look at it, it's one thing. If you don't, it's something else. Don't look at it. Don't look at New Jersey. Don't look at New Jersey. The Republican is within the margin of error in the polling for governor in New Jersey. That's how bad the environment is for the Democrat. Now, the Democrat in New Jersey is going to win. No one thinks the Republican's going to win. If the Republican wins the governor of New Jersey, it is going to be Armageddon for the Democrats next year. The meltdown that you're going to see in Washington is astronomical and absurd. But hey, don't look now, folks. The Democrats in Washington, they're about to sabotage themselves on the issue of reconciliation and the infrastructure bill. The president went to Capitol Hill, tried to push the progressives to vote. And they've said, uh, let's go, Brandon. We'll get into that when we come back. Right now, I want to tell you about Eden Pure. Before I get out of here, Eden Pure is an air purifier that is filterless. You don't have to buy a filter subscription. You just wipe it out every once in a while. It gets rid of the bacteria. It gets rid of the mold. It gets rid of the mildew. More importantly, and this is how I really use mine, it gets rid of odors. 
So I they don't like me to talk about this one, but I just I this is a true story. It is a legitimately true, really did happen story. I traveled with my Eden Pure Thunderstorm because I was going to Louisiana to my parents and I knew I was gonna stay in a musty old hotel. Well, when I got there, whoever had been whoever had the rental car before me had been hot boxing it. They had been locking the doors, sealing the windows, and smoking a lot of weed in the car. And it stopped. I mean, I could smell it before I got there. The Eden Pure Thunderstorm, it works. Got rid of the odors. Took care of me in the musty hotel room as well. And they're so small, you'd hold it in your hand. It's portable. Right now, you can buy a three-pack and save $200, get them for less than $200, and get free shipping. What you do is you go to EdenPureDeals.com. You click on my name, Eric Erickson. You'll see the three-pack. Put it in your cart and check out. You'll see a discount code. Put Eric3 in there, E-R-I-C-K and the number three, no space, Eric3. Click apply, and it'll take $200 off your order. You will get them for less than $200. You will get free shipping, and you'll get three of them, one for upstairs, one for downstairs, one to travel with. If you've got an RV, a camper, a car, you got a basement, you can put them there. They work. Uh, they really do. They eliminate odors. I use them very frequently when I fry in the kitchen because we don't have an exhaust vent. So go to EdenPureDeals.com. Click on the Pure Thunderstorm 3-pack. Put it in your cart. Eric3 is your discount code. You can thank me later. Hello, it is Eric Erickson here. The phone number, should you wish to be a part of this year program, is 877-97-ERIC, 877-973-7425. I need to talk to you about sports. Now, I got to be honest, and you all know it if you've listened to me for a long time, I'm, I've never been a big sports guy. Until I hit my 40s. You know the great thing about being in your 40s is you can still, like, stay out all night drinking with your friends, and now you got the money to actually drink the good stuff. I can go to Vegas with my 20, 30-something friends and still have a good time, and usually they're the miserable ones. I have all the energy in the world. And now I got the I got the money to burn. I'll I'll, I'll take friends of mine to Vegas. And I, look, I, I'm very blessed. I, I'm and I, I say all the time to God, please be a blessing to me, so I can be a blessing to other people. So when we go to Vegas, I tend to pay for everything. I'll take my friends and take care of their costs. And I don't really gamble. I did play craps the last time I was there, which was actually kind of fun. And I made thousands of dollars and had never played before. Uh, so maybe I'll go do that again. But what I go to Vegas for are the restaurants. They're fantastic restaurants. My favorite Chinese restaurant on planet Earth is in Las Vegas. And what I really like to go do in Vegas is machine guns out of helicopters. Yes, it is as fantastic as it sounds. It is awesome. So we go to Las Vegas, and I'll take a helicopter ride into the Grand Canyon, and we can shoot machine guns. It's a lot of fun. But... I got into my 40s, started going to Vegas to go shoot machine guns, and also sitting on my front porch on Sunday night with a glass of bourbon and a cigar with friends watching football or baseball or whatever sport is on. And I'm not a big sports guy. And suddenly, I like to just hang out with friends. It's amazing. You you get into a rut when you get married and you have kids, and you don't hang out with your friends anymore. You've got to be deliberative in building community by picking a night a week and just saying to your wife and kids, I have to go be with my friends. And you do. It's good for your mental health to do. If you're a guy, you should be getting together once a week with your friends and just having conversations, drink and smoke cigars if that's your thing or not. Go play golf. Do something with your friends. It's good for your mental health. But I've noticed like last year, hockey became the sport where you didn't have to deal with the wokes. The NBA has gotten insufferable. 
the NFL is headed in that direction. And, and it's even creeped in a little bit into Major League Baseball. And then this year, it's pleasantly, with the exception of the, the NFL helmets where they can, can put their Black Lives Matter slogans on the back of the helmets, it's been suddenly, remarkably, mostly political free. Here comes Colin Kaepernick again. He's got a Netflix documentary out that apparently he himself helped. So it is like a hagiography. Uh, you will see him like like die on the cross, martyred for politics, and then he'll be resurrected three days later. The, the, the dude is insufferable. And CNN has on him and his uh, biographer this morning, and they're trying to recreate the idea that, yes, he lost his job due to politics, which is not true. He just wasn't that good. And you'll recall he tried to get back into the NFL, and he went to Georgia. And the Falcons were going to let him uh, show his stuff at the at the training facility. All the reporters showed up. And then Kaepernick went to some high school field down south of Atlanta by the airport, didn't tell any of the people, so nobody showed up except the reporters he self-selected. And yet again, to the, the, the man is all about himself. He's rather selfish. And he's making a buttload of money. Well, Nike preaches about about uh, how, how he's a victim, he's a martyr, he, he's for the cause. No. And yet CNN is continuing to perpetuate this. Just when we were getting politics back out of sports, he's got to rear his head again and make it all political again. And I just, I just want to watch sports and not be woked to by the mob. And now a USA Today reporter is coming out and saying he refuses to use the name Braves. These people are just insufferable. And you thought these last two years were crazy. Welcome to 2022. It's coming up and nothing makes sense still, especially in business. If you're a small business owner, good luck getting financing from a big bank right now. I can offer you a fantastic solution. If you're looking for $750,000 or more in financing for your business, First Liberty Building and Loan. Let's say you want to buy a new building or you want to refi existing debt or you want to buy a company. Basically, you see opportunity for your business to grow, but you've hit a wall with the mega banks getting financing. That's where First Liberty Building and Loan and my friends, the Frost family, come in. They solve small business financing problems better than anyone I've ever seen. They say yes, where big banks say no. It's that simple. Look, just do this. Spend 10 minutes with them. Call them, First Liberty Building and Loan, say Eric sent you. In 10 minutes, you'll know if you're a good fit for their program. Go to firstlibertyga.com. That's firstlibertyga.com. They help small businesses nationwide in all 50 states. Firstlibertyga.com.